0: Hi, Erin. I am so glad that you're here. And um, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure that your story is going to inspire a lot of women. I actually think that you have a very interesting background. And there's I'm sure that there's so much about your story that I haven't here. So please tell us a little bit about you. And how do you become to build this brand right now and become a smart woman with money?
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much. That's That's really awesome, Um, an awesome introduction. Uh, So thank you for having me. So like you said, I'm Erin. I served in the Army for um, eight years on active duty, 14 years total before I got into real estate and before I really kind of harnessed my finances and started to make our wealth grow. Um, So before that, I was serving in the military, thought that that was where I was going to end up. We, My husband's still active duty. We thought we would both make it to 20 years, and we thought that that was a version of financial freedom. You know, we, we were kind of living the good life. We had a decent income, and it wasn't until later that I kind of realized this, that's really not financial freedom. It was financial security for sure. We never, you know, needed anything. We were never struggling for money, um, but now that I'm sort of on the other side of it, I've realized that wasn't financial freedom at all. It was financial security. And there's so much more that you can do with your money and so many more ways that you can take control of your finances and create a life and build wealth that you, I honestly couldn't have done when I was still in the military. So back, backward a little bit, um, eight years on active duty, we got pregnant with our first daughter and I went back to work after maternity leave and was told I was going to deploy to Afghanistan which was at the same exact time my husband was going to go to Iraq. So our daughter would have been six months old. And we just said, this is not what we want. This is not the life we want for our family, not for our daughter. We really didn't have anything to do with her. Both our parents, all our parents were working. So we would have had to send her to New York or Colorado and set her up in daycare and have our parents drop her off every morning and pick her up every night and have someone else raise her. And it was not a choice. And to be honest with you, like. When they told me that at three months, she was three months old. And I was very, very sleep deprived, super stressed with my first kid. And I just laughed. Like, I thought it was funny. And I called my mom and she was like, well, she was panicking, right? She's like, what are you going to do? Like, you, you know, she's like, the military tells you, you've got to do something. You've got to do it. And I was like, mom, I'm not going. Like, I was like, I will go to Canada before I deploy again. And I just, I knew that there was not, there was nothing that could take me away from my daughter. And luckily I was able to have that attitude because I had fulfilled my obligation. I had served all the time I needed to, I had a five-year obligation. So I did more than that. So assuming the army would let me go, which at the time they were um, sort of downsizing. So it was fairly easy for me to resign. But anyway, I went home that night. I talked to my husband about it and we, it it really honestly wasn't a decision, right? It, It was not a choice. I was trying to breastfeed my kid. I was trying to build a relationship with my daughter and going to Afghanistan wasn't conducive to that at the same time as my husband. So unfortunately, it wasn't a choice. Submitted my letter of resignation the next day and like three days later, it got approved. Five months later, I was out of the military, which was such a huge transition. I mean, probably bigger than the transition to becoming a mom, probably bigger than the transition to becoming a stay-at-home mom was just Leaving that professional network of people who were so like minded. I just, I am very military, just I was made, meant for the military, really. And um, so leaving that was hard. And it took me a while to kind of realize why why I was in such a, a rough place. I just assumed, you know, I had a baby, my husband's deployed, I'm home alone with her. I, my whole life has changed, like basically been flipped upside down. But really, I think the biggest thing that I lost was my network. And I say that because I think as women, a lot of times we feel this obligation to, you know, put our family first and provide for our family first. And I, Uh a hundred percent think that that's the case, but we also need to balance, right? Like we also need to take care of ourselves. And I know now that I am such a better mom, such a better spouse because I have a network and I have something for myself and I'm building something for myself.
0: So before you continue with your story, I want to, I want to make a, a comment here. Um, it makes me emotional. I, I have to say it makes me emotional because I cannot imagine the feeling that you were having, thinking that you have to be deployed, but you have that creature that is about to be born and, and you have to like, like sacrifice your life. So I I'm I'm imagining the life of so many women that are in the military that are in that they didn't have the choice that you have because they haven't completed their term, et cetera, and how painful that must be. Uh, So it it automatically makes me understand and, and remind me, actually, the different challenges that as women we actually have compared to men. They're completely different. Right. Because we were share child, but we were children. Men cannot. And uh, and then and then we have that attachment to to that baby. We have that attachment. So I it definitely makes me very emotional just to just to imagine, you know, obviously I can, I'm not in your, in your feet, but just imagining having to, to do that detachment and, and thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm going to have my baby being raised by somebody else. And who knows if I ever be back or what's going to happen. And so I, first of all, uh, you know, thank you for your service and, and your husband's service. And second of all, wow, like, wow. Okay. Continue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean I'm I'm glad that you bring that up because what the the sort of like emotional roller coaster that I went through was, you know, so much more than just mom and daughter or like wife and, you know, it was a professional struggle too because I realized in that moment when I I got an email saying you're being put on orders to go to Afghanistan, I was like, I knew I was not a good soldier. I was like, I am not willing to deploy which is my job, which is the whole point of why I'm in the military. And so I knew uh, my priorities have shifted. I, you know, maybe I would have deployed when she was a little bit older, but in that moment I was like, absolutely not. I couldn't even imagine myself deploying anytime soon. So I kind of realized this is it for me. Like I wouldn't be happy being like having one foot in the door, halfway committed. And I just knew that it wasn't going to fulfill me. And so I kind of knew I had to move on. I had to step away from that. And the guilt that I felt for that was, was pretty intense. And that guilt lasted a really long time. And to be honest, like the resentment I felt toward my husband, because when we had a baby, my, you know, we were on a, a fixed income in terms of the military, right? You get your salary, you get paid what you get paid, whether you work 10 hours a day or 22 hours a day, it doesn't matter. And so I had to pick up my kid every day at daycare at five or five thirty. So I had to leave by five every single day. Whereas my husband never had to be concerned about that. Like he could just work until he wanted to. And his work ethic shifted into another gear after we had the baby. And I was like, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like I was like, you, you know, all I want to do is spend time with the baby. I want to, I want to do my job and I want to get home and be with my baby. And he just wanted to like, be at work and do really well. And I couldn't understand. He he kept saying, like, provide, I gotta provide for her. And I was like, We make the same amount of money. Like, how are you providing any more than I am? But it wasn't about the money, it was about the security of his job. And it was about him doing well and you know, being able to stay in the military. Cause as you climb up the ranks, it's fewer and fewer people. So you have to continue to perform. Yeah. So anyway, I realized, I remember like driving into work one day and just so exhausted. Like I was doing drop-off, I was doing pickup, I was doing everything and um, I wasn't taking care of myself cause I could hardly keep track of everything I had to. And I just remember thinking my husband, he's doing nothing but focusing on work. And it was infuriating and I was so resentful of him for a long time. And in some ways I still am resentful of him. Um, just because like last week, for example, my kids started school two weeks ago, last week, we already had a case of hand, foot and mouth. So my kids were home with me already and like, never, ever was it even considered, that he would stay home. It was just, it's automatically assumed that I will. And, you know, part of that is frustrating, but we, I've also helped to create that. And I don't think I would want to be away from them anyway, when they're sick like that. So what I've kind of learned is we are the way we are. Like God made us to be this way and God made us to care in this way. Like to me, my priority is just to create an environment for myself and for my family irrelevant to what my husband is doing and irrelevant to what everyone else is doing, because that to me is the only way that you can have it all. Because if you're sort of saddled with like resentment or like you're constantly frustrated, or you think that your husband has to create a way for you to build your business or do the things you've always wanted to, you're going to be disappointed. And I've been disappointed and I've been resentful. And I've realized like, if I just do what i need to and create the situation that i need to and then also just accept that some days are better than others and some days i do the bare minimum and some days i do nothing at all but other days i absolutely crush it like i've got to be okay with that cuz my kids are only young ones
0: so let me ask you something cuz you mentioned um, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about you know leaving your network um and, and then i feel i at the moment i felt that okay, I was a military, I was in the military and the wife of, uh, you know, someone in the military as well. And now I kind of lost my identity. And I kind of lost everybody that I was used to. So so how do you cope with that? What happened at that point?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, it wasn't until I got into real estate, and I started to network, and I started to surround myself with people who are like me, that I realized that that's what was missing. And so, you know, the network is not not unique to the military. When I say network, I really mean like surround yourself with the people that fill your bucket and fill your cup and and energize you. Surround yourself with people you can have real conversations with. Surround yourself with people who have like similarities and commonalities with you. Um, And I've kind of learned like, even personally, like I only want to spend time with um, other women, other people that, you know, want to like share similar values and want to accomplish the same things in life as I do, because I just don't feel like I have time for anything else. And I don't want my kids to be exposed to anything else. So to me, it's about being really deliberate with who you surround yourself with and like actively pursuing the people that you want to be like, right? Because we're that's going to elevate your game just inevitably. Like if you're hanging out with some sticks in the mud who are just constantly like, "Whoa, is me, like that is going to consume you and it's going to become you. But if you're always hanging out with people that are like, look, you know, being a a woman can be really hard. Being a mom is hard, but you know what? Like we got this, if we can do it, that is just going to drive you every single day. And and that's what I look for now.
0: That's great. Definitely the power of association is super important and especially in the in the line of business that you are now so how do you how do you f- fall into real estate tell me how how do you get to do that
1: yeah so I think I i would always been interested in real estate I had always wanted to flip houses I I really like um you know improving things like I like to be able to see progress and flipping a house is like the epitome of that you know you can see what it was you can see what it what it is later. And it doesn't take terribly long, um, four or six months, maybe. So I'd always wanted to do that, but I was I was scared for a long time, right? You always hear these stories about how somebody's uncle lost it all and somebody's whatever. Like you always hear these stories. And so it deterred me for a long time. Um and I just sort of sat on the sidelines. I sat in what we call analysis paralysis and I just didn't allow myself to take action. I didn't allow myself to do anything and I was scared. And then I diagnosed with a heart condition and i kind of realized like at that point i couldn't get um life insurance i just didn't know really what the future would hold not that any of us do but that kind of really made it real for me and after i sort of wallowed in that diagnosis and after i sort of like came to terms with it i realized like i have to take control of my life and my future and the situation for my kids and i also realized my, like, I didn't, this is not the person I wanted my daughters to see. Like, I didn't want my daughters to see this bitter, resentful woman who just waited around for her husband all day. And that doesn't take away from stay-at-home moms. Like stay-at-home moms are amazing. I wish I could be one, but I just cannot. And, and it doesn't take away from my husband either. Like he's an amazing provider. He does so much, but this was all about me and within me. And I was not, I wasn't good at anything. And I felt terrible as a result of it. So I think just, you know, for me, like committing and taking action and finally just saying, look, sink or swim, I have got to pursue this. And so I very cautiously bought my first real estate investment. I bought a um, a turnkey single family home close to where I lived at the time in Tennessee. And I I first started looking for some distressed properties. I've been listening to all these podcasts that were like, you can force appreciation by buying something that's a little bit distressed. And you can put the work into it. It'll appreciate over time naturally, but also you can make it appreciate by adding value, renovating, upgrading, things like that. And I was just a little, it was just too much for me at the time. I was pregnant with my second daughter at that point. And I was like, I didn't really have a good um, contractor team. I didn't have a lot of great relationships at that point. I did have a good property manager and I had a good realtor. And I finally said, you know what? Let's just see if we can find a new build because construction, Builders were offering like 10-year structural warranty. They were offering a one-year like full coverage workmanship warranty. And I just thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to be able to sleep at night. And I bought my first one and I was completely hooked. Like I started collecting the rent on that property and that was a little over three years ago. I've not put one penny into that property. I've collected rent every single month. It's not had one single issue. I've collected rent every month same renter this entire time. I'm cash flowing almost $500. They're paying all of my mortgage. I'm writing off the interest payments. And I just refinanced that property last month for $85,000 more than I bought it for. I pulled 60 of that out and I bought another triplex that will make me almost a thousand bucks a month. So it's really cool how it scales. And when I bought that first one, I basically put all of my money, all the money I had saved the whole time I was in the military, which was like $60,000. Um, that's all I had in a savings account. I did have some money in IRAs and some money, money elsewhere, but that was like sort of the the liquid reserves that I could tap into or thought I could and bought that property. And I was like, great, I'm ready for the next one, but I didn't have any more money and I didn't really know how to scale. Um, so then I So my husband deployed, like I was telling you, and, um, I sold his, uh, no, I sold my car and I drove his vehicle while he was gone. I took the $25,000 that I sold for my car, bought a house, flipped it, put like, did most of the work myself, me and my dad did it. And then I put the rest of it on a credit card a no interest credit card. And I turned that $25,000 into 40,000. And then I figured out that you could self-direct your IRA and purchase real estate that way too. So I bought a duplex that way. Then I sold a couple months later, we sold the house we were living in because we got moved to California. We had about a hundred thousand dollars in equity there. So we bought a 10 unit. We needed like 140 for that down payment. So we bought a 10 unit and then we've just been continuing to scale it ever since. And I don't really take a paycheck necessarily. I have, I did buy my car this year. We um, bought a Disney timeshare that we've used um, my business proceeds for, but otherwise like all the money that we, that I make and even some of the money my husband makes, it gets reinvested. And so our tax burden is incredibly low. And for the most part, we get money back every year on our taxes, even though my husband has, just a very regular W-2 income, and he makes a good amount of money, we're paying almost nothing in taxes.
0: That is great. I love that strategy. Um, It reminds me, for some reason, it reminds me of Roy Kiyosaki, because he was in the military too. And then he was learning from his rich dad on how to uh, become an investor in in different areas of his life. So that's kind of cool. And then the difference is that you as a woman, and even though you're married, but your husband has been, you know, focusing on his military service, and you have become the entrepreneur in the family. I am a big believer that everybody in their heart, they they want to be an entrepreneur. They don't want to have a boss. They don't want to have anybody determine their worth, let's say it that way, right? Uh, but the, the thing is that they just don't have the tools, the knowledge, and they feel that they might need a ton of money in order to be able to do that, right? They might feel that there's a lot of risk on whatever investments or business they're trying to start, right? Or they don't have the knowledge to be able to achieve that or even the time. So, uh, but you have proven, right, that even though with your kids, even though with, uh, you know, like the limited knowledge that you have regarding real estate, you were able to, and and even limited money in a sense too, you were able to strategize in order to be able to achieve these things. So it is, it is something that is possible. So how does your life look like now after doing all of this?
1: Yeah. So, well, to kind of um, tell like the difference. So when I first got out of the military, we, our income was cut in half. My husband and I made the same exact money cut in half overnight. And I was like, really stressed to kind of stretch that money. Right. I felt like that burden was really on me to make sure I was really deliberate about groceries and our spending. We were, I was like hesitant to take any type of vacation or anything like that. And now, I mean, we, as of last month, are completely financially free. And what I mean by that is all of our expenses are covered by the rental income of our portfolio. So if we, we could retire tomorrow, both of us, and our lives wouldn't change. We, well, we probably, we wouldn't be able to travel like we do, but we would be able to cover all of our expenses. Um, but because of that, so we have, um, he still has his income. I have the rental income and I have a couple other lines of business. I'm a, I'm a private money lender too. And an investor coach and yeah. And so those things allow us to quite literally do whatever we want. Like this year I paid cash for an Audi, a brand new Audi, Um, we went to Disney, we went to Disney world this year. We go to Disney world all the time. We travel. If it's, if six weeks goes by that we've not traveled, that would be a long time. Like we just go, go, go. Now my kid just started kindergarten. So we're a little bit more limited. Um, but we travel like crazy. We go out to eat way more than we should. Um, just because life is so crazy. Um, so to be honest with you, like Money is not a concern at all. Like we do not think about it. And I'm so very deliberate about where the money goes. Like this much goes to IRAs every year. This much goes to savings every month. This much goes to this every month. And we have reserve accounts for every property we have. So anything above that is basically, we can do whatever we want and not have to worry about it.
0: So so this is, the, this is what I'm hearing. You know, like you have been able to create a lifestyle well- Where money is not no longer a worry. Even though you had that heart condition, even though you were, um, you know, you had to leave the military and leave your network, even though, um, your husband's still in the military, even though you have two kids, you have been able to create a lifestyle that at this point you don't have to worry about money and right now or even in the future right? Yep, absolutely. And how are you helping your clients now to achieve the same things?
1: So to me, it's all about, you have to scale, right? Like one rental property is not going to make you wealthy. Um, I mean, it might build you a little bit of security, but in order to make real money, you have to scale. You have to repeat the same process over and over. So I teach them how to build systems and I really force them to create processes that work for them But even before that, and I think this applies to whether you're in real estate, whether you're a business owner, honestly, whatever you you're doing in life, it's all about goal setting. And it's all about figuring out what makes you tick and what your why is. And this, my whole wall over here is like my why, and I I have it where I can see it all the time. And I used to really need this, like for the tough days when I would just be like, Should I be like after COVID hit, I was, I was panicked. I was in the middle of a really, really high end flip and I didn't know if it was ever going to sell. And this is what sort of keeps me grounded. And then I keep track of my net worth and how it grows month to month. And so that helps me realize like it's worth it. But to, to me, it starts with setting goals and getting really, really honest with yourself about what it's for. And it's not about the money. Like the money is completely irrelevant to me. The money is the tool And, but at the same time, money can be really, really controlling and it can be, you know, it can, it can absolutely consume a person. So people have to work on their relationship with money. And I think the way to do that is to set goals, figure out your why, figure out what that money can do for you. For me, it's travel. Right. And I want to, I want to be able to eat really good food. I want to eat organic food, which is like three times as expensive as any other food. And so, but I don't want to stress about that. And so that's what matters to me. And even though it might seem like a small thing, being able to go to the grocery store and buy the things that I want, regardless of that price tag makes a big difference. Um, and same with travel, like I'm pretty frugal. We live a fairly simple life, but when we go to Disney, you bet I'm getting my $18 margarita. When we go to Epcot, you know, like yeah. that's just how we want to make sense live our lives. And so I think, again, it all starts with why. And if you can be honest with yourself about that, like, why do you want to achieve X in X amount of years? It's so much more powerful and so much easier for you to keep on track and pursue those goals and be in sacrifice. Right. Like I used to think I used to buy coach purses all the time. I used to love coach. Now I walk past a coach store and I'm like, who pays that kind of money for purse? Because to me, I'm like, I could be saving up for a down payment for another property. And so it's amazing how your perspectives change and how easy it is to sacrifice when you have this really tangible, real goal that makes you tick.
0: So it's about changing the emotions on, you know, uh, understanding your priorities. And once you understand your priorities, you're going to shift your emotions to those priorities, not the other things that you thought were the priorities. And, uh, and then again, like you said, it's not about the money, but it's about the things that money allows to do. So exactly. that's great. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, one of them is, is your dad still helping you with the flips or now you have a staff or tell, tell us about that?
1: he's actually here. So my dad lives in New York. I live in Tennessee. He's here right now. He's at my 10 unit painting my decks. Um, okay. he still does odds and ends for me. Um, he's, I've been wanting to get him into real estate this whole time. And he's just now finally, like he's about to open a HELOC and start investing himself. Cause he's seen what it's done for me. Of and I course. think he's seen how it has changed me too. Um, and he's been, he's a steel erector, so he can do, he's built two houses. So he does for me, like just the random things that's hard for me to find someone else to do or someone would charge me an astronomical amount of money. And really like anytime I'm about to put a tenant in a property or finish up a flip, I have him come down and do like the punch list, which is just the last minute odds and ends, like install the toilet paper rolls, you know, grout the the cabinet, right. things like that. Yeah. Awesome. So he's he still the does details. that for me. The little yeah, details. yeah Exactly. And the, and he's he knows like it's important to me that it is such and such a way or whatever. So that's good. So yes, he is still he's still working for me, but for the most part, like I have everything else hired out. Like I have, I don't manage any of my own properties. I have property managers. That's good. I yeah, I have everything because um, that's part of the whole like you know being able to be free and do things is is. Hiring other people to do
0: that stuff. That's awesome. The second question that I want to ask you is because after, now with the pandemic and after, you know, like these days, the cost of um, construction material has increased exorbitantly. So, how are you managing with that? How are you dealing with that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, what's worse than the prices is the logistics and the timelines of getting things right now. So, Prices are fairly easy to um, sort of accommodate for. You just build that into your budget. You just make sure you're tracking and then always, always build in a buffer. So right now there's going to be even more of a buffer. Okay. But to me, what's been more frustrating is um, sort of twofold. It's getting supplies and materials in a reasonable amount of time, but then also getting people to work. And that is also twofold too, because first of all, people really are getting very sick. Like entire crews are out. COVID's hit Tennessee really bad again. Okay. Yeah. And then, but then the other thing is this boom is affecting everybody. Like we have a supply and demand issue in real estate right now. Right. So we've got so many sales, so many purchases going through. So title companies are tapped out. They're completely at capacity. It's hard to get title work done in a reasonable time. Lenders are busy. Appraisers are so backed up. Realtors are having to make 10 or 12 offers for every single client because, Everything is going for so much more. And there's just, again, a supply and demand issue. So for me, it's the time and it's the, you really have to work a lot harder right now. And so I'm, my thing is, I'm hoping that lenders jack up their prices and increase their rates so we can slow everything down.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Get caught back up. up. (laughs) But yeah, so, so, you know, price is one thing, it's, but you got to make sure that you're accounting for every single thing. That's a part of the process and system that I help my clients with. And then the other thing is just realizing timelines are very, very extended right now.
0: Okay. So Erin, this has been such a great, great interview. Like the information has been so valuable and amazing. And I'm pretty sure that there were other women that has, you know, like, like, are seeing themselves in you, and they can actually say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I, this is something that I should check out. Maybe, maybe there's options for me too, right? To achieve the financial freedom or being smart women with money, like like you mentioned. You know, now you know how to manage your money. You know what your priorities is, and and." And yes, you know, you have your $18 margarita at Epco, but you know, this is not something that you're doing on a daily basis because you know that your priority is, okay, my next flip or my next, uh, you know, like the other things are important. So I love that. And I know that you have a, a free gift for our audience. What do you have for them?
1: Yeah, it's an, it's an ebook and it's the eight step system to basically do what I've done and to just um, scale your portfolio build wealth, um, that generational wealth that you can pass on to your kids or whoever you want. Uh, so just step-by-step takes you through it exactly the way that I did it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and I really appreciate everything that you have done. And, uh, yes, you know, make sure to click on the link and take advantage of the gift that Erin has provided for us. So with that being said, we're gonna conclude today and thank you so much, Erin. Thank you for you for having me. My pleasure. Have a good day. You too.